Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Can my workplace make me get a COVID vaccine even if I don't want to? That's a question many vaccine-hesitant Australians are asking after the federal government recently announced that the COVID-19 vaccine is now mandatory for all aged care workers. Once vaccines become more generally available, it will be both lawful and reasonable for employers, not just in the healthcare industry, but much more widely, to require their employees to be vaccinated. Today, we look at your rights at work regarding vaccines and whether your right to choose should override the health and well-being of the people who work with you and the customers or patients you serve. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Ever since the smallpox vaccine was made compulsory by the UK government in 1853, there have been opponents to mandatory vaccination. There are many who see the practice as invasive. They object on health grounds, religious beliefs or the trampling of their human rights. The anger shown by those newly formed anti-vax organisations in the UK in the 1800s led to the legislation changing to include a conscientious objection rule. Between then and now, the argument surrounding mandatory vaccination has continued. In 2015, the parents of children who died from preventable diseases pushed for the parents of unvaccinated children to be penalised. Like little Riley Hughes, who started to cough a few days after he was born. Just days after this video was taken, Riley ended up in hospital, his heart shutting down from the toxins from pertussis, or whooping cough. While he was too young to get the vaccine, it is on the current Australian vaccine schedule, so if those around him were vaccinated, he may have never caught it. After a rise in conscientious objections in the early 2010s and the campaign by parents like those of Riley Hughes, the Australian government introduced the No Jab, No Play policy, which withheld childcare benefits, the childcare rebate and a portion of the family tax benefit for parents of children under the age of 20 who aren't fully immunised or who are on a recognised catch-up schedule. Childcare centres who admitted unvaccinated children were fined. Within a year, 148,000 children who were not previously vaccinated against diseases like whooping cough and measles, mumps and rubella were now meeting their vaccine requirements. 
The removal of non-medical exemptions from vaccine policy has increased vaccination rates, but it has also increased anti-vaccination sentiment among the more hardline objectors. So now in 2021, with an already established anti-vaccination movement and the added group of vaccine-hesitant who are worried about the speed at which the COVID-19 vaccines have been created, concerned they haven't been tested enough to prove they're safe, Australia's having to mandate vaccines once again. And we're not the only ones. In April 2021, a Texas hospital system announced that its 26,000 employees needed to receive a COVID-19 vaccination as a condition of remaining employed with the company. The only exemptions were for medical conditions impacted by vaccination and a sincerely held religious belief that the hospital would grant where appropriate. As a result, more than 100 nurses and other healthcare employees filed a suit against the hospital, claiming it was unlawful. They also filed a restraining order, prohibiting the hospital from enforcing the hospital policy, preventing them from being fired when the deadline for vaccination arrived. The request for a restraining order was denied, and the court threw the case out, saying Texas law only protects employees from being terminated for refusing to commit an act carrying criminal penalties for the worker. That receiving a COVID vaccination is not an illegal act, and it carries no criminal penalties. The judge also explained that it was not a case of coercion because the hospital was just trying to do the business of saving lives without giving them the COVID-19 virus. It is a choice made to keep staff, patients and their families safer and that the plaintiffs can freely choose to accept or refuse a COVID vaccine. However, if they do refuse, they will need to work somewhere else. He also pointed out that if a worker refused an assignment, a change of office, an earlier start time or any other directive, that they could also be fired. Lead plaintiff nurse Jennifer Bridges says she's sticking to her guns. She feels that mandatory vaccines forces employees to be human guinea pigs as a condition for continued employment. It's just scary knowing I might not have a paycheck for a little bit. And my son starts college this fall, so it's very overwhelming in like every ounce of the way. I'd rather be 80, 90 years old on my deathbed knowing I did the right thing than just doing something for money and to keep a job. That's not what's important. But as infectious disease expert epidemiologist Dr Sanjaya Senananyaika from Canberra's Australian National University explains, the speed of this vaccine creation doesn't mean it isn't safe. There's been unprecedented global cooperation and resources put into finding a vaccine for COVID. And certainly prior to COVID, the fastest vaccine that was ever developed from start to finish took four years. So within less than a year of starting to develop COVID vaccines and having a global rollout begin is an absolutely extraordinary feat. The Moderna and Pfizer vaccines, the mRNA vaccines, they are the first commercially available mRNA vaccines that have been used for an infection. However, the work for them in the laboratory has been going on for some years. So yes, we've had all these wonderful platforms that have been worked on by really clever researchers internationally to manufacture these great vaccines. The Vaccines that have been used have been well and truly trialled in an appropriate manner before being rolled out to the world. And we now have more than 2 billion people worldwide who've received these vaccines. So we have a lot 
of information about them. So people should not feel like guinea pigs anymore with regard to the vaccines we are using in Australia for COVID. In fact, we were never being used as guinea pigs because we had good phase three trials. The only limitation of those phase three trials was that instead of 2 billion people, we were using 30 or 40 or 50,000 people. So a really, really rare side effect may not have been seen in those trials. But now we should be confident with the close surveillance of the vaccine rollout and the side effects associated with them that governments will keep us appraised of any rare side effects that occur. After last week's National Cabinet meeting, the Prime Minister announced that all aged care workers will now be required to get a COVID vaccination. Now, that will be implemented in a partnership between the Commonwealth and the states, preferably using the same system that is used for having mandatory vaccinations for the flu for aged care workers. That is traditionally done through state public health orders. But the Commonwealth will work together with the states to ensure compliance with those orders. There's still no clear directive as to how far this mandate extends, whether it will also include cleaning services, maintenance, catering, admin or those who work in home care. Many aged care services were not notified of the mandate and some were confused as they'd been trying to get their staff vaccinated since they were announced as frontline workers and therefore first in line for a vaccine dose back in February. But a lack of supply from the federal government had made that difficult. So what happens if you decide you don't want to be vaccinated, not because of medical reasons, but because you feel it's unlawful? What if your workplace says that it's now mandatory or you'll lose your job? Ian Neil SE is a leading Australian employment and industrial law barrister. He also co-authored The Modern Contract of Employment, the leading Australian text on the common law of employment. Ian thinks mandatory COVID vaccinations will eventually extend beyond the aged care sector and those employers have every right to introduce it. All employees have an obligation to obey the lawful and reasonable directions of their employer. And in most cases, once vaccines become more generally available, it will be both lawful and reasonable for employers, not just in the healthcare industry, but much more widely to require their employees to be vaccinated. And most employees will be obliged to obey those directions, comply with those requirements, unless, of course, they've got some real reason why they should not be vaccinated, some underlying medical condition, for example, some religious beliefs. But outside those limited exceptions, most employers will be able to require their employees to be vaccinated. What if they can't get vaccinated by the deadline. We know that they've been told by mid-September, but we've seen this rollout and it hasn't been smooth. As only a third of people in that sector, in the aged care sector, vaccinated so far, what happens if they actually just physically can't get vaccinated by that stage? The tardiness of the vaccination program and its inefficiency is, of course, the big problem here. It can't be reasonable to require employees to be vaccinated if they can't get the vaccine. So that will be an excuse. What happens, though, if a worker who is under these orders for mandatory vaccination has a reaction to a vaccine, an adverse reaction? Is there any course of action for that employee who maybe would have chosen not to be vaccinated? It's difficult to say that an employer who required their employee to be vaccinated using a vaccine that's been approved by the responsible authorities would be acting unreasonably in doing so. That's an issue that hasn't yet been explored. 
but the better view is that an employee in that unfortunate circumstance wouldn't have a legal claim. Do we have examples where in the past we've had mandatory vaccinations? There have been several cases now in industrial tribunals, recent cases in Australia, that have addressed not the coronavirus vaccine, but influenza vaccines. And in those cases, it has been held that the employers in question, one was a childcare centre, for example, could lawfully require their employees to be vaccinated. And when they did not comply with that requirement and were unable to prove that there was an underlying medical reason why they should not be vaccinated, those employees were dismissed and their dismissal was upheld. Ian, if that's the case, if people then choose to be fired over getting vaccinated, like some have in the US, do we see then that impacting some industries that are desperately crying out for staff where there be shortages, you think? Is it that much of an issue in this case? That's difficult to foresee, and much of that depends on the efficacy of the vaccination program and its rollout. One of the great difficulties at the moment is that there are confusing messages, contradictory messages flying all over the place. It's very difficult for people to make informed decisions about whether or whether or not to be vaccinated. But in the end, the critical question is that all employers have stringent duties, statutory duties, common law duties, to protect the health and safety of their workers and of people who come onto their workplaces. In the case of an aged care centre, it's the people living in that centre, the clients, customers of businesses, passengers on aircraft. All of these people are protected by law and it's very difficult for an employer to countenance introducing into their workplace someone who is a source of risk, a source of infection. That's what vaccination is designed to protect against. And that's why in most cases, it will be reasonable for employers to require most employees, certainly those employees who come into contact with other workers, customers, other people, to be vaccinated as a condition of continued employment. For those who say they have the right to choose, that is correct. You do. But you will have to weigh up whether that choice is worth your job or later down the track, perhaps the ability to travel or other things that may be impacted by the fact that you're not vaccinated. And in case you need a reminder of exactly how beneficial vaccines have been to the human race in the past, including those we were told were mandatory, here's a reminder from little Riley Hughes. That's the quickie for today. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Madeline Joannou. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.